0: We are recording, folks, and we are coming back to you after a skip of a week, as it were, mon frere. We had a little week skippage. Skip to the loo. My darling. We wanted yes. to start off with, speaking of skipping to the loo, with a little something that some of you <laughs> listeners may... Do you, need
1: a, do you need a short break real quick or what?
0: Uh, no, not that loo. Skipping is what I was uh, talking okay. about. Okay. Let's play a little something. We're going to start into the beginning of it a little to see if our listeners recall something of this nature.
2: Who <laughs> goes there? It is I, Arthur, son of Uther Pendragon from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England. Pull the other one! I am, and this is my trusty servant Patsy. We have ridden the length and breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court at Camelot. I must speak with your lord and master. What, ridden on a horse? Yes. You're using coconuts. What? You've got two empty arms of coconut and you're banging them together. So? We have ridden since the snows of winter covered this land. Through the kingdom of Mercia, through... Where'd you get the coconuts? We found them. Found them? In Mercia, the coconut's tropical. <coughs> what do you mean? Well, this is a temperate zone. The swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plover may seek warmer climes in winter. Yet these are not strangers to our land. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? Not at all. They could be carried. What? A swallow carrying a coconut? It could grip it by the husk. It's not a question of where he grips it. It's a simple question of weight ratios. A five-ounce bird could not carry a one-pound coconut. Well, it doesn't matter. Will you go and tell your master that Arthur from the court of Camelot is here? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Okay, that oh, line oh, right oh. there. There are hundreds of anachronisms in the Book of Mormon, but it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's okay. Just skim right over that shit. Uh,
0: what the fuck are coconuts doing in England? <laughs> <laughs> I blood rolled it. <laughs> are you suggesting that coconuts migrate? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) oh my
1: god God. there's more logic involved in that conversation than in several of the passages found in the book of mormon
0: oh my god yes and and we're going to start off the title of course of this episode being left foot Lehi" and the false start band the false start
1: band so we all know what that means he nailed his right foot to the floor, and he was just, you know, pretty much walking around in circles the rest of his
0: life. Poor bastard. Oh, that reminds me of a bad mommy-mommy joke back in the day. Mommy-mommy, why am I running in circles? Shut up, or I'll nail your other foot to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: we're going to look at how far into the Book of Mormon one needs to go to find various and sundry accounts of fucking stupidity and anachronisms. Okay, so
0: part two on anachronisms here. Yeah, you'll recall way back in the day an episode where we made fun of the Jaredites and we focused on just the ridiculous anachronisms because they simply spill off the page (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as it were, with the Jaredite trip and, oh, just the hilarity that ensues with that. Well, to Dave's point, you don't really have to go that far into the Book of Mormon to start seeing this stuff from the very beginning. In fact, Dave, there's a song I recall from a much-loved musical, mm. and Julia Robert, Julie Oh, Julia, Roberts. Julia Roberts. Oh my God! Yes, Julia Roberts <laughs> as an embryo <laughs> was singing from the room, from the womb, <laughs> from the womb, singing from oh. the womb. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins. Damn <laughs> let's, it! Let's try. Let's try that again. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Hey, Julie, <laughs> Julia, at least that part, we can understand. Yeah. Get your jewels straight now, man. Get your out, man. jewels straight. Oh, my God. Uh, you'll recall this beloved little tune. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but the first part of it is what we're talking about. Are we ready?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. When you read, you begin with ABC. When you sing, you begin with Do Re Mi. Do Re Mi. Do Re Mi.
0: Yes. So, Dave, I did a little searching online and I found an alternate intro that has to do with the book of mormon is it iron maiden or well it's it's mikey maiden (laughs) (laughs) it may be something mikey's making things again (laughs) mommy mikey's making things that could be a clever little phrase mikey maiden m-a-d-e-n made it maiden okay anyway this is a little alternate version it's about the book of mormon are you ready dave Go. Let's do it. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start in a book that's completely falsified. You just might begin with homicide. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: good job bro oh Oh, let me mention right here real quick i noticed something just it's semi-interesting i nephi having been born of goodly parents and just plug in joseph smith's name oh sure I, Joseph Smith, having been born a goodly parents, and it doesn't follow suit throughout the entire text. But it's interesting how his persona is injected into the text. There's no doubt that a lot of what he's saying, he's talking about his own experience. Yeah. And that's not that unusual for a writer, even if they're writing fiction to bring in aspects from their you know daily life their surrounding circumstances yeah. family life
0: <laughs> that, that, was, that was
1: awesome uh, i yes. forgot my second thought but i no, never no. have
0: string two together i mean it's just uh, well uh, yeah just finishing one is a challenge for either of us right? mo- most of us uh, right? yeah so <laughs> uh, in a book that's completely falsified you just might begin with homicide. Yes, and that's that's part of what we'll talk about in the very first parts of the book. It's kind of funny. Before we jump into all that goodness, Dave, we don't want to forget our little segments that we enjoy so much. So I, for one, I don't know if anybody else agrees, but I, I would love to hear a little bit of For Your Information... information. And we'll do the right. next second because I can't wait for, for your information.
1: <laughs> We're gonna start in 1934. This is again comparing current church history and practices, procedures, and adjustments <laughs> uh, to things that went on in the past. September fourth. 1934 Heber J Grant gives little or no encouragement for the proposal that the LDS Church join the World Fellowship of Faith. Yeah, again, think about if that invitation had been extended today. Oh, we'd just jump right on that shit. Oh yeah, we're just like you guys. We're Christians and we're just like you and we want to be part of your little fellowship thing, whatever. No, <laughs> not, not so much back then. No. We're the chosen seed, and fuck the rest of you, was You know, the it was very
0: separationist or isolationist. It really was. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, this one's fun. This is just a, a touch of history. Nothing to do with <laughs> Mormonism. Well, anyway. Okay, here it comes. November 27th, gangster George Nelson, known as... Babyface Nelson oh, yeah, right. Babyface kills Nelson. Samuel P. Cowley, a special agent with recently formed Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, recently formed. So, yeah, 1934, you bet. Ooh. Cowley is the first Mormon FBI agent and is the son of former Apostle Matthias F. Cowley. So, n- baby Nelson took him out. Wow.
0: You know, it makes uh, me wonder, Nelson... You know how the old, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> word that I just completely spaced goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, where nepotism. they're connected
0: <laughs> genetically. I wonder if Rusty with, Nell, if that was his great, great grandpappy, you know, the infamous mobster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. More
1: than likely. I mean, he would have fit right into the corner of the Twelve.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He missed his chance. Okay. (laughs) Moving on, 1935, March 14th. Utah makes unlawful cohabitation a felony. For fuck's
2: sake. It it took till 1935
1: for the state, again, not the church, of course, the state, finally makes it a felony. And then we have this commentary the same year. September 7th, first excommunication of many Mormon fundamentalists who refuse to sign loyalty oath that, among other things, denies any intimation that any one of the presidency or apostles of the church is living a double life. Oh, no. Here we go. Later, these excommunicants learn of Apostle Richard R. Lyman's
0: polygamous double life at this time. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was just going to say that whole time period was just a major fuck up by the church. Because here, Utah makes it a felony and people are still living it, especially among the apostleship. And yeah, doesn't that sound like the church? Hey, you polygamists, you're not part of us, even though you were our favorite leaders just yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) This is so... Mormon Church control man. Part of leaving is not just about you. It's about you, by the way, signing this thing saying you have no accusation or whatever of anyone in the leadership over here in the real church living this, and they knew better because oh, they yeah. probably associated. They probably did barbecues on weekends with them. I mean, more <laughs> likely, <laughs> right? Traded, and, traded yeah. wives and shit like that. And so, sure enough, Lyman <laughs> Lyman gets. <laughs> Lyman gets outed right and hello yep oh man anyway 1936 so again
1: keep in mind what's going on in world history there's a church news photograph of the LDS basketball team in Germany giving the Zig Heil salute of the Nazi party What? <laughs> no, that's not enough. That's not enough. July 18th, again in the church news, a photograph of the LDS youth conference in Germany with Apostle Joseph F. Merrill in front of a swastika banner of the Nazi party. <laughs> no, no, it gets better. It gets better. August 7th, 1937 issue prints a photograph of church president. Heber J. Grant, seated in front of a swastika banner at the LDS meeting in Frankfurt. (laughs) LDS meeting. Hey, bring in the sacrament trays, bring in the hymnals, and don't forget the fucking swastika.
0: (laughs) Oh my God! Do you think the church was hedging its bets? Do you think they were? Well, if the Nazis yeah, win, this guy—I <laughs> I like that guy's mustache.
1: I think he's celestial material. <laughs> oh my god wow man and this this one is equally as funny uh, a little bit political now on halloween that year first presidency publishes an unsigned editorial in the deseret news which argues against the re-election of democratic president FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay, Utah's electorate reelects FDR again, despite the first presidency's opposition. <laughs> so the member, of the you know, general membership of the church said, "Ah, oh, fuck you, we're going to vote this guy in anyway because he's handing out a lot of freebies. We <laughs> like it."
0: Yes, that's amazing. Okay,
1: here's the one I, I wanted to end on. I don't know what to think of this. It's in the church news. Once again, mm-hmm. a full-page article entitled The Eleusinian Mysteries, which continues as another full-page article on September 25th. This is 100 years since the LDS periodical at church headquarters first described the Eleusinian Mysteries. Through October 23rd, there are weekly, weekly, Full-page discussions of, among other things, the mysteries of Bacchus, Hmm. and the Orphic reincarnation, and finally, the mysteries of the Great Mother. So, I guess... The occult hasn't quite left Mormonism yet. Wow. Or their interest in it. Yeah, that one shocked me a little bit. Yeah. That's in the church news, man.
0: It makes you wonder, man. I I know from other things you've shared and things we've talked about, the brethren, as we affectionately call them, didn't have their minds set on all the doctrines, right? Especially didn't have, like, unanimity in the way some doctrines – I don't know, we were taught or whatever. It makes you wonder if this was part of it. Remember that one you shared, and I don't remember who or when, uh, the one guy who taught even that reincarnation was yes. a possibility. That, that was a member of the 12. Right. Back in uh,
1: the late 1800s. Yeah, it uh, makes you think. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a possibility. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. That doesn't go against our central core (laughs) teaching about
0: Jesus and
1: everything. We owe Uh, everything to
0: him. and It makes you wonder with the whole Eleusinian thing if they weren't entertaining that. This
1: little thread that's woven that just continues to be woven throughout their history never quite goes away until maybe this is 30. We finished in 37 like with David O. McKay. There was a lot of house cleaning, and then ensuing presidencies. They really were just, yeah, really careful about what they said, what they published, and now it's, fuck, it's antiseptic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah. so.
0: Well, and and we've talked about it a bunch. a, A lot of the doctrines, the narratives and history behind the doctrines getting outright just changed, uprooted. Completely replaced. shifted. Yeah. yeah. With new narratives in the hope that the old ones will just go away, I guess. Maybe they'll forget. <laughs> and that's that thing
1: where a generation dies and yeah. hopefully the father didn't tell the son and
0: so on. And, and they,
1: What? I never heard yeah. that growing up.
0: Hopefully you know? all the digital recorded forever documents whoops, whoops. simply get deleted somehow.
1: Unplug, unplug that
0: fucking recorder
1: right now. <laughs>
0: Crazy? Oh, man. Well, yeah. in our backwards handling of our segments today, why don't we do a little LDS Church in
2: the New News?
0: <laughs> oh, dear God. Okay. Lori Daybell's attorney calls letter sent by LDS Church Presidency, quote, alarming. Mm. This is in Idaho. Lori Daybell's attorney issued a five-page response Thursday to the church's sh- sh- nah. involvement in legal proceedings memo, calling it alarming and concerning. Church leaders Restynell DeHokes Hoax, and Henry Crying released a letter on August 4th—I swear that's how they spelled their names here, Dave—to members, which asked mm-hmm. that local leaders contact church attorneys in Salt Lake City, Utah— before testifying or communicating Sorry. in a legal matter. <laughs> yes, yes. We remind leaders and members, quote, of a longstanding policy that church leaders should not involve themselves in civil or criminal cases regarding members in their units, quorums, or organizations without first consulting with church legal counsel. The letter states. Oh, okay. yes.
1: That's the same as the only really good shrink to go to mm. is a Mormon shrink. They've got special insight, yeah. Being a member of the church. Mm-hmm. They've got that, you know, that connection there. So
0: Yeah, this same policy it says applies to leaders corresponding with court personnel on behalf of criminal defendants or others, including through email, the letter states. And it's the same policy, it's just a reinforcement of one we've talked about a lot with the the abuse issues, right? You come to your bishop, even if you're not the abuser or the abused, and you say, hey, I'm privy to, or if you are as well, obviously, privy to this abuse happening with this or that person, and the bishops, stake presidents, etc., being taught forever, pick up the phone and don't call the police, even Mm -mm. if it's a felony, call the church legal office. That's your first call. Yeah. Longstanding policy, blah, blah, blah. Chad Daybell, just for people who don't know who these are, Chad Daybell and Lori Daybell are both facing criminal charges in connection to the deaths of seven-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow and 17-year-old Tylee Ryan. The children's bodies were found buried on the Chad Daybell's Idaho property after a nationwide search. Remember when we talked about them? Several episodes ago, it's it, been in the news for yeah. The day bells taken long, off long and time. We don't know what happened yeah. to our kids, and yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's just remember you can't get involved in any legal proceedings unless you call the church first. <laughs> and well, they'll, tell you, course, yeah, I mean, they'll tell you, of course. Yeah, they'll tell you know, what to do. Yeah. They've got
1: inspiration on their side. Of course they do. Of course, yeah. yes. So left foot (laughs) lehi the take on that is if you start on the wrong foot you know start your journey oh he started with the wrong foot in other words it's kind of like shooting something in a a trajectory and it's one degree off by the time it gets near its target it's 100 miles off yes so in the book of mormon it starts off with a bunch of Bullshit, I don't know what to call it, uh, fairy tales and, yes. and things, and it never really eases up. No. So, <laughs> they are talking about the fact that when you first open its pages, you're met with immediate liftings of writings from the Bible, first mm-hmm, of all, mm-hmm. and references to the Bible, and then a storyline that is fantastic In the sense that it's
0: fiction, yes, yes, (laughs) and right in line and murder, yeah, right, homicide, (laughs) right in line with the incredulity that is generated by stories like the flood with Noah and the Jaredites later in the Book of Mormon, right? It's a lot of it isn't as quote unquote in your face or epic. Like a worldwide flood, right type of epic, but just as silly <laughs> and fantastic as those things. so Dave, as we get into talking about the silliness here, remind us of our friend Arza because I recall Arza had some fun things to say, and in his summary of the of left foot Lehigh and the traveling band <laughs> he <laughs> oh, the false start band yeah the false start band. They, uh, yes. he's got a whole
1: chapter in his book and let me remind the listening audience his book is entitled the keystone of mormonism Arza is a very brilliant man he's a professor down here southern utah was he's mm-hmm. about 80 something now he wrote a book that includes at least of all the issues with Mormonism. So in condensing some of the issues with anachronisms, he makes this statement entitled Tall Tales of Fantasy World. (laughs) (laughs) This most correct of all books on earth then asks readers to leave their rational world and accompany Smith into his fantasy world of tall tales where almost anything can happen. Smith's Fantasy World included steel bows, magic balls, submarines, stone lights, young supermen, gold plates, trances, mass conversions, and all kinds of other mystical and magical things. Well, Yes. Well said, Arza. Yeah. (laughs) And the list, that's, oh my God, the list goes on and on. Yeah. But gives you an idea of what we're looking at here. Uh, (laughs) So, right off the bat, again, people, we get into it, and and I notice the first little bit in the Book of Mormon, again, seems to be borrowed uh, largely from biblical text or biblical language. And then we start. With some real craziness. And that would be the Laban story. Did you want to mention something before that Michael?
0: No. I. The Laban story is one of my favorite. As far as just absolute silliness. But yeah. Please go ahead. We'll definitely address that piece.
1: <laughs> well. I mean. You know. this. <laughs> I, mean, I can't help but just start laughing at it. So apparently. Nephi looks and talks just like laban and so he's asked to go in and kill this man there's no other way because god again well, in his limitless yeah. power is limited and how they're <laughs> going to
0: acquire these brass plates well the the first attempt right is they just go talk to the dude Oh, yeah, they're going to trade some of their property. Well, that's that, right. I think yeah. that was second, wasn't it? I think the first. Was that second? The first okay. is, let's just appeal to his sensibilities. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. And, and um, they, he chased him out of town. like, so get like, the get fuck, fuck out of fuck here, here right? And then yeah, they're yeah. like, well, what if we can buy the fucker off? So they yes. go get some of the property that they left behind. So they go back to the family safe. <laughs> they bust this fucker open they bring some gold and shit to laban and they're like look we'll buy the plates from you right and laban's like i think i'll just keep all this shit and chase you off again (laughs) (laughs) and they're like that's exactly right ah, yeah damn it you know (laughs) i wish we had somebody like i don't know god to tell us what to do here (laughs) well one two
1: now three strikes you're out so you gotta get you gotta get it right this next time man. So yeah you're gonna have to resort to some fairly severe measures there
0: right right well layman and lemuel are are like fuck this man and i'm like i'm with you guys (laughs) this is fucking stupid leave this shit (laughs) maybe god will i don't know throw us a bone and tell us how to get these fuckers and so nephi goes alone because layman and lemuel are like fuck you i'm done And he's led by the spirit, Dave, the whole way, led by the spirit. And here comes. So this is where the hilarity ensues. Was that that Rip Van Winkle or a Uh, a different spirit? (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm going to want to grab a little Rip Van Winkle soundbite now. Oh, my God. Yeah. So here's where the hilarity ensues, in my opinion. Laban is walking down the street. It's nighttime drunk, now. He's been drunk. out with the elders drinking, having fun. Because that's what the elders do. Yeah, they just go drink. And he's walking home drunk by himself. Which makes perfect sense since he's <laughs> extremely wealthy and can't afford bodyguards. <laughs> right. So that part alone, I'm like, I don't think so but there he is alone and nephi's like awesome he's drunk i could just hit the bastard up grab his keys and take the plates and be on my way he won't even remember what happened in the morning god's like nope nope cut his head off
1: (laughs) (laughs) And let's think ahead now the precedent that joseph smith has set with this act early in the book of mormon he has now done the old testament thing because god was killing people right and left in the old testament so joseph believes in an old testament god but not only that he sets this precedent where the murder
0: of certain people is excused yes yes and if you think All, back yeah go ahead no yeah. i was just, just going to say you're right because this precedent applies to many things in joseph's life afterward not necessarily just murder i mean if you think back right. to nancy Rigdon's the happiness letter <laughs> a big argument in there from joseph to her is yeah i know you are bothered by all these sexual things that I'm asking you to do with me, and those things are wrong, to your point. However, things that seem wrong to us, they can be right if God commands them.
1: Well, he simply says whatever command God commands is right. Yeah. So if God, even though you've been told since you were a young young man, Nephi, Fictitious story, but growing up in Jerusalem, surrounded with the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that's it. Parts of the Old Testament, by the way, not all of it, was clearly taught. Thou shalt not kill, right? Unless
0: well, I say it's okay. Yeah, Joseph plays the whole thing. He was trying to play on Nancy, where Nephi supposedly was. Well, I. I've never shed the blood of man. I can't do that. It's it's a sin. And the angel's like, dude, Nephi, if God commanded it, it's not a sin. Yeah, but I don't want to kill somebody. I mean, God, uh, exactly, God. God said, do this. Doesn't that sound like something Satan would say? <laughs>
1: so this this almost reminds me of the story where Jacob is wrestling with the angel. Wrestling, yes. Wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, because we can't seem to agree on what the hell is really going on and what we're going to do. So, fuck you. Let's fight it out. And whoever wins.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Or wow. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, when they meet death in hell with the sickle yes (laughs) (laughs) and they play games against him if if we win
1: (laughs) this is the level that we're at here in this book (laughs) with these fantasies so they get the plates then they have to go back again they keep you know god god damn it it's like you go to the grocery store Fuck, you get home, God, I forgot the potatoes, man. I forgot the brass plates. And then it's oh, sure. ah, I forgot I forgot the women. God, yeah. what was I thinking? We gotta let's populate. go back and, and get the women. Oh, we gotta convince the dad that he needs to come with us too. Oh, my and we'll god. Get, and, yeah. and you know, they'll yeah. yeah. I have the the spirit. And by the spirit they did take up their dresses and follow me into the desert.
0: Well, it's almost yeah. like So, I mean, forgetting the part there with Laban where Nephi is a master ventriloquist and there's no blood all over Laban's clothes, even though he just beheaded the fucker, right? I mean, there's just so many details, right? But like going back and back and back, it's kind of like a combination of just ludicrousness and Joseph preparing ahead again, right? So like Joseph knows he's making this shit up as he goes along, so he's going to constantly have to, quote, unquote, go back, right? And people should be okay with that because, after all, he's, you know, building this shit as God reveals it to him, and it may appear to change from
1: time to time. Along those lines, by the way, which it's not – well. It's all anachronism, <laughs> essentially. But, for instance, all of the h- historical bumblings with three separate groups Oh my God! that leave Jerusalem. So, the Jaredites, which we've talked about, way at the Tower of Babel, way mm-hmm. back, okay. And then BC. the Mulekites are post-Lehi, mm-hmm. left foot Lehi. <laughs> they, they leave after Jerusalem is destroyed. And they all at some point and in some way interact at least for a minute with Corey Antimer, I guess it is that's the last of the Jaredites, Jaredites
0: and he's yeah I mean what it's just absolute <laughs> what silliness what? this yeah. guy what a novel writer oh my god so I mean drama right you think about yeah. these people are out in the fucking desert and he I think he kinda I didn't look it up to be more precise but they've been traveling a while right like they're out from Jerusalem, it's been at least I think a couple days, at least of travel. Several
1: days, right? if I remember the text, it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and now I don't
1: know why. I'm thinking eight. I don't know why I'm something, thinking of that. Right, number, and and there's, now there's go another. back.
0: Well, you know, you've got this constant dichotomy of they're pressed for time. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. They got to get the fuck out of there, right? So, like, it, it, this is urgent. This isn't like, eh, we'll just take our time, right? So, it's time sensitive. That's pressed upon you in this story. But God didn't know enough ahead of time to take care of the plates and the women as part of Lehi's instruction that he received. He's like, travel way the fuck out there first. Then I'm going to have you come back twice. Oh, by, by the way, they talk about all their provisions,
1: which, you know, oh, you're yeah. going to leave on a journey. You a take sit-ton. provisions, yeah. tents. They talk about the tents, some animals and things. Where were those animals that they took to carry all their shit and maybe themselves? Where were they going to graze? Where were they going to feed? This is the one of the most inhospitable places on the planet yet we're told that somehow they stumbled on a place called bountiful <laughs> on their journey filled with beasts and and fruits and it, you know oh oh that's easy say the apologist it was an oasis well there's no history of any river layman or any valley of lemuel or any of these fucking names which yeah those could have been lost to time yeah okay yeah that makes sense but no there's nowhere (laughs) to get the wood to build the ship let me use arza again yes please his statement here smith's book not only reflects his ignorance about time but also about place Lehi's family couldn't possibly have taken their provisions and traveled 170 miles from Jerusalem to the Red Sea in just three days.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, think about okay, that. Okay, I guess I'm repeating myself. No, there is many- no river layman flowing into the Red Sea. Right. Smith's portrayal of desert travel and ocean voyages reflects his ignorance and lack of experience either on the desert or at sea, of course. Uh, yes. Yeah. Again, thousands of active Mormons. Some of them educated. Some of them highly educated. Continue to believe this nonsensical fucking fable, this
0: fairy tale. They never ask. No. No. I mean, think about that. that. One hundred and seventy miles in three days. So, a, a they little... ran. They ran. <laughs> The fastest human runs, what? Twenty miles, 10 miles, an, miles an hour. An hours? Probably. I don't know. To Twenty miles an hour. So
1: <laughs> they're in the
0: desert. They got all this shit they're packing with them, but they ran, guys. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's almost fifty-seven miles a day. Okay, fifty-seven. No problem. So no problem. look, I'm just thinking back, Dave. Back in the day when I was a teenager and even a late teen. And you and I went on some fun hikes during that period. And we, we did did some really fun, challenging hikes together, saw some beautiful country. I'm thinking about some hikes that you weren't on with me and, and one that would most parallel this. So when I was in the, uh, the church's youth program for boys, whatever scouting, as well as the boys stuff program, anyway, we went on a lot of hikes and a lot of camping, which I actually enjoyed that part. That was fun. Uh, and so one of the hikes we went on was the Mormon Battalion hike. There, was, well, Mormon Battalion Trail is huge, right? Where the the men went all the way back to fight in the war Mexico. By the time they got there, the war was over because again, God, you know, is smart. Ah,
1: timing. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking. <laughs> i thinking it's he's got a quartz clock
0: yeah and there, yeah. there's
1: some dust and shit in there because he's so old yes that that's somehow some right gravel and shit yeah okay
0: well i got into it not to get into it in this episode i asked good old jay boy jesus jehovah Yahweh, whatever you know about that at one point point. and he said yeah you know dad always gets confused because time is an illusion anyway it doesn't exist where he is so he always has to kind of like downgrade his thinking oh yeah I got to think about time now right I remember my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways and my time is not your time exactly so sometimes he (laughs) fucks it up it's not his fault obviously it's always our fault but anyway so there's we hiked a segment of this trail okay and long story short desert part of the trail so lehigh and family in the desert okay this had to be somewhat similar okay it it, i don't remember the part of the mormon trail we hike or the mormon battalion trail but it was pretty inhospitable very hot dry cactus rocks you name it tough hike we got lost yes because that's awesome right and because so God was guiding you <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, so what was supposed to be like a 4 or 5 mile hike, which is still, you know, it's a decent little trek in the desert as harsh as that was, ended up being about 17 miles.
1: Holy shit, you got lost. <laughs>
0: and we finally made it back around in this meandering way to the camp and and got there this is before cell phones existed and all that kind of shit, right? So point is, it took us all day long to hike about 20 miles, and we were moving. I mean, we took a couple well, breaks for some water, right? Well, we, now, now yeah. you have empathy for the Israelites. Yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> right? So you show me a human being, unless they were running, what are they called, ultra marathons or whatever, where they run uh, the 50 miles or the 100 miles?
1: Yeah. But uh, not in a
0: day. Okay, let's just... recall. But maybe the 50-miler they do... I don't think they even do that in a day. I don't... I'll have Hell no. Oh, no. And the point oh, is, no, no human on. being on the face of the fucking planet could move their camels, their whatever other animals they had, laden with supplies, tents, food, whatever, clothing, women, children, men, right? 50 fucking six miles a day. Yeah. No. I know I keep harping on that piece. It's very simple, you know. Joseph Smith knew
1: nothing, although maps might have been available, probably were, of the Middle East, not available to him or didn't take the time to look. Mm -hmm. He knew nothing of the geography. And so just makes up this story and again one of the parts that's overlooked and just we just read those verses like oh what a happy fairy tale <laughs> they get to bountiful and there's all this shit including
0: honey oh yeah milk and honey uh, right which, literally
1: they don't exist mm-hmm. down there mm-hmm. sorry all this fruit and abundance of animals and the whole thing <laughs> but not only that where the hell were all the trees, Wood trees. that they must yes. have used to yep. build the ship yeah. to take this large group of people to America? Where And, oh, yeah. uh, well, God did show me the manner after which it should be built. So no fuck-ups, no trial and error. No. We just, God showed us, and we built this fucking ship. Yeah, piece of cake. <laughs> uh
0: what? Where, where'd the axes come from or whatever tools well, and i'm glad that, that you brought use. the tools what? up i'm glad you brought the tools up so here we have nephi and i guess we probably should end on this piece because we could go for hours as you and i know just the <laughs> hilarity so here's nephi superman according to you know to use ours as phrase right we all know that Jerusalem at this time period... So when, when was Lehi supposed to have left Jerusalem? Was it like 600 Six, BC? 600 BC, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Let's say around 600 BC, Jerusalem, much like Greece <laughs> in ancient history, Jerusalem had all of the modern sciences under their belt, right? And so they had a great academic program you know Lehigh was rich so Nephi was going to a private school and Nephi had machine shop on the side right Oh, he, he had and, blacksmithing and he,
1: he could a he could, uh, foundry where they yep. made
0: steel yep blacksmithing that's
1: where, that's where the steel bow came from right yeah.
0: secretly Israel was creating steel weapons, unbeknownst to the rest of the civilization around them and their planet. enemies, uh, <laughs> because steel would not exist uh, in that manner for much longer. And so when they get to this place, Nephi's like, No problem, God, but I'm going to need tools to build the ship. So look, I got the tools taken care of. Oh, I can, I can smelt the ore.
1: Wait. Oh, I, I see it now. God yeah. showed me something it's just like the Leahona. they yeah. got up in the morning and it was sitting on the ground in front of the tent door <laughs> just like just like the Leahona. hey there's that 20 foot fucking hacksaw you know <laughs> two guys that, whatever those are called where they pull back and yeah, forth right. on each end of it yeah because yeah, you're going to need that to fashion lumbers the size needed to build a
0: ship to carry whatever number of people 30 at least i don't know man i and here's nephi he he's like No problem, right? There's things he has and things he doesn't have. Part of what you're supposed to believe he has is he knows how to dig, sort, and smelt ore to a substance where you can basically turn it into metal for tools. He knows how to do that shit. He learned, you know, smelting class back in Israel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That that was right after
1: the study of Jeremiah for smelting class. Then they moved into... And Isaiah. Well, uh, and you
0: remember, Dave, you had to uh, take smelting before you took blacksmithing because you couldn't take uh, it for granted, right? And everybody and was like, Look, what if you need working. to make a tool and you and, then, and you don't have the ore? Everybody has to learn to smelt and they're like, Oh man, you know, all the oh,
1: class was like minute. he would have yeah. had to know something about botany. He would have had to been able to plant trees oh, yeah. and have them grow to a hundred feet plus <laughs> in a few days. <laughs> That's, that's some killer fertilizer, man. Oh my god,
0: dude! It just whatever. I mean, on come on. on. He Fuck. builds these tools, I, you know. And then when they get to America, we don't even have to go that far. I mean, the hilarity continues. You know, I I built swords after the manner of Laban's sword that I stole from him. And and they built a temple yeah. after the manner of Solomon's, Solomon's temple because you know how many people were there to build the temple with him. So and this that, this yeah. will
1: probably be part of a separate podcast but again bringing up this book is in large measure uh, a history of wars okay with thousands and hundreds of thousands of people perishing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including their shields and their swords none of which have ever been found in nothing. the Americas nothing none nothing no coins they had coins there's a whole account of how they exchanged monies no coins no coins Fucked up again all the animals i mean come on let's keep going all the animals named that were here horses
0: elephants cattle coolamons and and pigs, fucking aliens and whatever corn nope yeah on and on (laughs) and on and on yeah and for a guy that grew up with those things you may have assumed that they were always there right unless you were an archaeologist and knew that they weren't (laughs) And and then you'd be like dude what are you smoking we know none of that shit was here yeah it just it's absolutely hilarious so on well, that note look, dave you're, you're missing the point yeah god michael it's not it, he may have fudged
1: just a little he fudged just a little but it's the spiritual value of the text that matters
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have to grab that quote that's my assignment i'm pretty sure it was Hinkley.
1: yeah god, i gotta I find so. that
0: quote he said it doesn't really matter if it's true it, it matter if it's true history, right? It matters <laughs> right, right. the teachings. Yeah, I got to find that fucking quote. I remember looking for it before and it was really hard to find. It may be one that the church has tried it, to hide.
1: It's been said yeah. more than once, but yeah, when when you've got the president
0: saying it, yeah. That's a big that's deal, great. yeah. So Dave, I think you had one of these as we end our episode for the day, talking about left-hand Lehi and the false start band. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> phrase incidentally i gotta give credit to dave for making that one up i think you had one of these dave and now deep thoughts by mike and dave ah my
1: beloved children gather around my knee uh wait uh (laughs) And you shall hear fairy tales galore. This is actually a shallow thought. Oh. But we'll just include it in the deep thought category. Mm. Something I penned, and I might have been on acid at the time. I don't know. I'm I'm (laughs) kidding, of course. (laughs) At surface, seems like a childish limerick. There is... Actually, some depth. Okay. If you listen or read it through more than once, you don't see it, but it's very clear. What is close is never near. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, psilocybin's a wonderful
0: plant. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Now I like that. I like it, man. I think it does qualify as a deep thought. And with that okay. deep thought, everyone, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to physics, geography, geology, biology.
1: <laughs> oh, by uh, the way, me. yeah, the man behind the curtain is a dog kicker. Because remember, Toto, Toto... <laughs> He's yeah. The only one with enough spiritual intuition to know where the fucker was hiding out. The yeah. dog. Think about that. And and then he started kicking him, like, get the fuck out of here. You get guy. out of here. You're, mess- you're messing up my show, man.
0: <laughs> so, Dave, we are the hound dogs of the curtain. Shame on us. Yes. Part of
1: the false start band.
0: Yes, indeed. Love you guys. Check in with <laughs> you later on.
1: And Hey, stay yes. safe. We love you. Be good. Be happy. Think of your own priorities, meaning live your own life, people.
0: Amen, bro. Amen. Almond raw. <laughs> Bye.